Welcome to a new episode of the Cartridge Club, where we discuss our game of the month with members of the Cartridge Club community. If you played along, you can always share your own experiences in our community's Discord or across social media by using the hashtag PlayAlongWithCrime. My name is James, or social media handle RetroPixel. In May 2023, we collectively played River City Girls. The game follows Masako, whom is in detention at River City High, accompanied by her best friend, Kyoko. She receives a text message containing photo of Kunio and Ricky, the heroes of River City High, and their boyfriends, seemingly being captured or kidnapped. Joining me on the show, we have the community members Church and Stumptown Retro to discuss the adventure of saving our boyfriends in this RPG element beat-em-up adventure, released in 2019, developed by WayForward and published by Arc System Works. It is a spin-off uh, in the Kunio-kun franchise. The game stars Masako and Kyoko, who fight their way through enemies and obstacles to rescue their kidnapped boyfriends, series protagonists Kunio and Ricky. Alrighty, so basically what I will do is lead it off to church for the uh, first port here that I have set up, which is the uh, your opinion on picking up a combat style. Uh, yeah, so um, when you mean picking up combat style, is it the, you're just referring to like how the game Well, because it's a little bit different than your typical beat em up where it's just oh yeah yeah punch kick you know jump that kind of thing yeah no uh that is one of the things i absolutely loved about this game is the diversity of the combat i mean i'm assuming we all love beat em ups but yeah they they can be very very basic with just your punch and kick this i love the combo system the the grapples the the special moves um that you can purchase more of those as you uh, get cash through just playing the game. Um, I am uh, a very exclusively uh, team uh, Masako myself. Uh, I, I like just the, the like brute force that she has and it, it works, works well, even though, I mean, they, they essentially play the same, but I know that uh, they just have some slightly different uh styles visually but um i i i love it like i mean that's all i can say no oh, perfect all right and i will uh lead into stump as well what you kind of felt with uh, your first impressions jumping in on it it was honestly second nature for me uh because i can see a lot of the dna of this game obviously it comes from the previous games in the kuniokun series but it gets a lot from scott pilgrim versus the world which has a very similar upgrade system with special moves and things like that. Um, it does have a dojo where you can learn new moves as well, but you know, uh, they don't call it dojo and Scott Pilgrim, but uh, it was very easy for me to pick up and get right back into this. Um, this is actually my second time playing through the game. I played through it on Xbox game pass when it was on there about two years ago. And then I picked up the uh, one plus two for switch. Um, so that way I could have both games physically and uh, played it with my daughter this time, actually. And uh, having that two-player option was a lot of fun. Alrighty, and uh, I guess I'll lead it into myself here. Uh, this game came at a perfect time for me. Um, I was working a job that I didn't typically enjoy at all, and I saw the trailer for this, and I was immediately drawn into it. 
not kind of knowing what I was getting into. I mean, I will get into the prior games later on, but I had a little bit of uh, an affiliation with uh, the River City genre. And so when this came out, I thought it was going to be your typical, you know, TMNT punch kick, whatnot, maybe a special. And to my delight, uh, not only was there a slew of moves to start off with, but you uh, earn more through uh, leveling up. And as you mentioned, also the dojo. And honestly, it was it was night and day how much I was going to love this game, like to the point where I would stay up for multiple hours after I should have gone to bed for work the next day. And I was like, you know what? I just can't put this down. I need to see what happens next. And for myself, I was actually uh, a Kyoko player. I loved her kind of bubbly airheadedness, and I thought that it was kind of fun in terms of that. Alrighty, um, I guess I'll start off with Stump this time. Uh, do you have any connection with prior River City titles for expectations? Oh, absolutely. Um, so I played a lot of River City Ransom as a kid on my NES. Uh, so that was a game that I had a huge amount of connection to, but I hadn't really played too much else in the series because the series kind of spun out into like River City Soccer and a couple other things after that. So it didn't do too much in regards to the same beat em up style until years later. Um, I did pick up, what was it, a River City Melee Battle Royale special on the PS4. I imported that one from somewhere in Play Asia. <laughs> you know, I don't even know what region it was originally. Um, but I played a lot of that. And uh, of course, like I said, the blood of this game was definitely in Scott Pilgrim. And I played that both when it originally released in 2009 and when it re-released a couple years back as well. Perfect. Uh, how about yourself, Church? Uh, yeah, similar to Stump. Uh, my history goes back starting with River City Ransom, though that was never a game I actually finished. I just like dabbled it. Uh, I rented it a few times as a kid. No excuse now why I haven't gone back to play it, considering I have it in my collection. You know, that's how it is with uh, you know collectors and whatnot. But also, yeah, it's the uh, Super Dodgeball. Um, also, I did play uh, the the River City Melee Battle, whatever that game was called. I picked it up through Limited Run. Uh, that was fun, but. Had, yeah, hadn't really played much else of the series. Uh, so really, this is, I would say, kind of like really my my first real uh, dive in. Uh, this is my second time playing it. Uh, first time, I was super excited. Just, you know, I, I enjoy a lot of what Wait Forward does. And just seeing the initial trailers of the game. Pixel art, and that's an easy way to sell me on a game. I was absolutely loving the style and whatnot. Uh, fortunately, the first time I played, I was able to play through the whole game uh, with a friend pretty much over a weekend. Uh, just binged the game, had a blast. This time I played through, I played uh, by myself, which still had a lot of fun, but I definitely think this game is one best played uh, with two two people if you can. Just, you know, couch co-op's always a blast. Uh, it had to been a great time playing with your daughter, I would assume. Uh, oh, absolutely. But yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I had high mm -hmm. expectations and it, it like, I, for me personally, I, I, it far exceeded what I had hoped for. Mm, perfect. Um, and I, you know, no surprise. I first, uh, started off with <laughs> River City Ransom. 
oh, goes. I was very young. I was at a, a cousin's house, I believe. And I remember even back then loving, you know, like you said, the kind of like the chibi little style characters and being able to take a weapon and be able to just chuck it across the screen. I was like, yo, this is dope. Like, I'd never seen something quite that, uh, I use for the lack of a better term, elaborate for a game back then. But back then, you know, games were fairly simple. And River City Ransom kind of pushed the bar a little bit in terms of, you know, what you expected. And like, oh, well, wow, I can do that and I can do that and I can interact with this piece of uh, the background scenery thinking, oh, I'll that's just a bench or you can, Oh, you can actually pick up the bench. You can pick up the trash can, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, like, like you guys said, uh, most of the series really was sort of set, you know, elsewhere out of the NTSC region. Unfortunately, I will someday get into uh, river city zero and some of the other ones that I know that have made their way over here. Now it's, you know, a time thing, unfortunately, but you know, someday there'll be, you know, a rainy weekend when I have nothing going on and, I'll try and binge through them, but for the lack of uh, a better saying, yeah, my only real iteration was uh, River City Ransom before this, but uh, RCG did not disappoint by any means. Alrighty. Uh, Unlimited then... Runs actually putting out, well, they're doing a physical version. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's already available. There is like a Kunio Kun collection now. Correct, uh, that yes. I think has everything that's on most platforms too i think i have seen it once at a convention it was relatively overpriced the person that had it but had like you said in the neighborhood of like 10 or 15 games on it it was like the whole slew of them yeah i i was gonna pre-order it but i uh after my last experience with the scott pilgrim thing i didn't want to wait another 15 months for the whole thing to come out and still not only have what half of what i pre-ordered (laughs) fair enough yeah Alrighty, uh, and then I guess we'll go into the aspects of the game that you feel need tweaking or changing. Uh, I guess I will start since I haven't taken a turn first. Um, I'm not going to, I mean, it's hard to say that a game's flawless. I'm sure anyone, whether you love the game or not, can find faults or things that kind of irk you a bit. Um, I think the whole store thing was a little bit off um, just because... It was a little bit of a gamble on what things did. I kind of had to pull up a guide when I first played it. Well, what does this accessory do? What does this do? What, how much energy does this food sort of bring to you? Um, but that's, that's a minor nitpick. Um, I know that the newest one, I believe it immediately puts it within the description of the item. But um, other than that, um, you know, uh, actually another thing that I was fixed with the sequel that the, uh, this one did not have is I found that if I was trying to exit one screen to another, and if someone had an enemy was coming to attack me, they could break that cycle, and I would have to finish that battle before jumping to the next screen, which is unfortunate. But uh, and, and what I found with the new one, as soon as you sort of enter that area and you select that you want to move on, it sort of grays you out from what I remember. I've had very little time with it, but I immediately noticed, like, oh, when I'm trying to exit that screen and move on to the next one, I'm not immediately being pummeled. Uh, I guess we'll go into uh, go to church. Any uh, criticisms or things that you think that could have been fixed? Yeah, yeah, not not much. Um, the store thing is is slightly annoying. Um, with this being my second time, I kind of understood more of the advantage that buying the items for me was just because you get the bonus to your stats 
if you just eat the item, even if you're not like saving it for later. So pretty much every time I went to a store, I just buy everything just so I got the stat boosts. Uh, so it's kind of a trade off. But uh, I think the really the only thing I would have liked to see River City Girls have that would elevate it would just be like maybe an online co-op or something. So you could, you know, a lot of these games are two player and I think they're a lot more fun to be played that way. Cause I mean, that's how they made the game. So if there was a function where you could just play online with like random people or something, I could think that could be a lot of fun. I don't know exactly how that would work with this game since it has the whole leveling system and, you know, store where you can upgrade your skills and whatnot. But, um, other than that, I mean, I, I I I don't got much to complain about. My my love for this game is immense. It's pretty much like uh, was pushed to the, the front of the pack compared to all other beat em ups. Uh, when I played this, I was like, oh yeah, by far this is my favorite beat em up of all time. I like I I just absolutely loved it. Perfect. Um, I guess what I could say with your whole online thing, yes, that would have been great. Um, but I guess the only necessary evil with that not being a part of the game, at least in my opinion, is that when the servers eventually do go down, at least that's not a part of the game that doesn't function anymore. That's that's a very great point. That's the only thing that I can say is a minor bonus with that nitpick. But on the at the same time, you know, I, I would have loved to have seen that too. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm definitely not saying that you're wrong with that opinion because it would have been great as well. But at least you know in the future that game 20 years from now, it's going to function yeah, function exactly the way that it does from 20 years ago to whenever right so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but uh yeah no that's great and uh how about yourself stump there aren't a whole lot of things that i would change i didn't really have the same store issue that you guys had because i played a few of these games in the past and of course they all kind of had a similar sort of system um the bigger issue that i remember like right in the beginning of the game was the difficulty curve at the beginning um, was a lot steeper than I remembered it being. Because <laughs> um, I played the game, like I said, years ago on Xbox Game Pass, and so I breezed through that first portion, or grinded my way through it at least, and forgot about how difficult that first couple encounters are, especially when you have a child playing with you. Um, so, so that I would change so that way it's not just such a steep ramp, and then it plateaus in difficulty. Uh, because it didn't feel too difficult once you got to the second area at all. Um, once you got about that far in, you kind of understood your move set, or you started to customize what kind of special moves you were using the most. And it made it much easier to be able to play because you had your playstyle kind of locked in. I was playing as Kyoko the whole time. Um, my daughter played as Misako. Um, that is something that I would change. Uh, I haven't played two. It's on my cartridge. Um, I'm going to get around to it. But I'm hoping that that's something that I see a difference in because I would hate to go back into it and then feel like, oh, this is just the same enemies scaled. They're not scaled at all to your level at all. They're just difficult until you get to that level and then they're a breeze right afterwards. Um, that's something that I would change. Besides um, that, not much. It's pretty flawless otherwise. All right. Uh, perfect. I uh, guess what I will say, because I don't actually think I left it in or put it in the script specifically off the top of my head. Uh, you're talking about the uh, the difficulty being 
you know, you get stomped pretty fast when you first get into the iteration of the game. But uh, the game does give you many, uh, many options later on to uh, for the, I'm, I'm literally going to use the word tank because that's one of the pins that you can get. Uh, you can become so overpowered that it basically breaks the game uh, if you are going for 100 percent. And I'm sure both of you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, by that, um, people aren't too familiar. There is uh, a hidden shop and they have pins. Oh, I'm calling them pins. I saw both iterations from people online saying button, pin, whatever. Call it what you will. Uh, very expensive. You have to grind like crazy for the money on them. But uh, yeah, it literally changes the game from any any, any, and I do mean any difficulty to you literally just being able to walk through and basically be invincible. Um, it's still a fun part of the game because you can, you know, you get to the point where like, you know, I'm so beastly overpowered, but at the same time you're running through the rest of the game. Like, wow, there's like virtually no challenge now. Alrighty. Uh, do you scroll down a little bit here? Alrighty. So we did all that. Uh, so gameplay and features of quests, openly discuss any of the points below. Uh, we, as we touched base earlier, you can choose between Kyoko or Masako, who play similarly but have unique moves, um, whether it be you know, your upgrades through leveling up or the dojo. Um, I think we've both kind of covered that in a little bit of passing, probably not much to discuss past that. Uh, as the player, you progress through six areas, but is free to return to previous areas as well, which is key because there are things to pick up. Um, that would be the cats and the Sabu statues. I don't know if either one of you want to maybe touch base on those so we can pad this out just a little bit because it is a short game. So either one of you that wants to pick up on that, we can sort of touch base. I didn't really bother with it this time just because I was playing with my child. So we were more focused on just getting through the game. Uh, it was my younger child, so she's five. <laughs> so for her, this was more so her just wanting to play and beat up everything on the screen. So we didn't worry about getting every single collectible, doing every single thing. It was more so just powering through. Um, when I played it years ago on Xbox, uh, though, yeah, I definitely went for as many things as I possibly could. And, uh, you know, search around the statues getting uh, was probably my main one. Um, I didn't bother too much with the cats as much uh, just because I didn't feel like searching for them after about getting half. I was like, eh, I'm, I'm done with that. But the statues, like I saw them pretty early on and I'm like, oh, I can break this. Cool. I'm going to find all of them. And so if I was missing one, I would go back through and try to find it. Mm, uh, church. Yeah. Similarly, um, I think the first time I played through the game, I put like a little bit of effort in trying to find them. Uh, basically just by going to every area, you know, I it made it a point to go down all the, like the side pass or any of the, the, the areas that you didn't necessarily have to go to as part of the, like the, the story, but I didn't really go out of my way uh, to find them. So, if I saw him, I went after him. Otherwise, I was just kind of like, whatever. I'm not, I'm not necessarily like a, an achievement hunter or anything. So it wasn't a big deal. I, I didn't feel like I was really missing out on much if I didn't find everything. All right. 
Uh, myself, I did have to actually search up some of them. Some of them were pretty cryptic to find. But uh, there's 25 cats and 25 Savu statues. The cats, if you get all 25, unlocks uh, unlimited SP for your special move. So you could just, you know, literally spam that like crazy. And the Sabu statues, you get uh, all 25 of those. And that is, uh, I'm going to call it like a, like a half of a locket or a charm. And you need that if you want to actually fight the true end boss of the game. Uh, the end boss that you get to, and we'll get into near the end here with uh, the tower, you get another charm from them. And that's how I was like, well, how do I only have half? And I found it afterwards. Oh, you need all 25 of these statues destroyed. You get the other half when you put on both, then you get to fight the actual main boss that yeah, you didn't know was uh, going to be an encounter. I did not know that. Oh, yeah, that was the that one I did back on the Xbox. I didn't bother with it this time, but yeah, it's a it's a fun fight too. Okay, well let's not spoil that for truth yet. <laughs> we will get into that at the end because, uh, <laughs> like I said, I, I was not expecting it until I found out. I was like, oh, I have to do this now because, uh, well, like I said, we'll, we'll we'll get into that. But it's it, it was a cool fight, and that's for sure. Uh, did it do finding my where was I? So we did that. Da -da -da -da. Oh, the the chained off areas. Uh, so basically, if you're getting into, you, sometimes the screen will, for lack of a better term, lock. You'll see a chain link fence sort of steel, uh, style go around the entire perimeter of the screen with a padlock. And you have to defeat, you have no choice but to defeat every enemy that comes on screen until that, uh, that padlock is broken. And then you can freely move uh, through the game again. Um, in some cases, I mean, there was no warning by any means. When you when it happened, if you're low on health, I mean, you're screwed because there was no way to run. But um, so sometimes it was a pain in the butt. But uh, again, once you get to a point where you're not even overpowered, but just competent enough to roll through enemies without taking a lot of damage, it was no big deal. But uh, it'll definitely take you for a loop when you are within your first, say, seven to ten levels for sure. Really cool aesthetic choice too. You know, uh, for me, mostly I'm used to like, you know, kind of your more uh, less uh, flashy beat 'em ups. You know, Double Dragon, the Ninja Turtles games, where the, the screen would just you couldn't proceed until you got that like "Let's Go" arrow or something after you defeated the enemies. But I really liked all the style that they put into this and yeah, the, the chain with the lock also kind of gave you an indicator on like how many enemies you needed because each time you defeated an enemy, that lock would get like a little bit more damaged. Yeah. 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 No, there was definitely, it was an indication. Like when that lock was basically nearly broken off, then you knew, okay, well you're down to your last two, but it was cool. Aesthetic choice. Like you said, uh, there was an indication. It wasn't, you know, weren't going blind. Like you're sort of getting into panic mode or oh, have virtually no health left but that locks basically almost busted you know okay well i got a 50 50 chance of maybe getting it for a heal first before i die uh oh and the enemies uh that you encounter some of them might want to surrender and you actually have a choice in whether you actually just take them out or recruit them and uh those enemies can be summoned to assist you 
And that is something that I had never encountered before either in a beat-em-up genre. I'm not saying that hasn't happened before. Personally, never seen it, though. And uh, in some day, some cases, that would actually kind of save your butt as well. Again, stupidly low on health. In, uh, you had some big, beefy uh, character that came on. Sometimes that would give you just enough of an edge to, to edge out the battle. Yeah, absolutely. I found that to be super helpful, especially in the beginning, uh, because of your limitations. You know, when you're still trying to power yourself up and get ready for that that difficulty plateau that I mentioned, um, that has that was super helpful in getting through that initial first area of uh, like once you're out of the high school and you're like, into that open area trying to get that uh, burger <laughs> for the guy. Uh, like, there's that. Uh, there's a couple of areas there where enemies just continually will keep spawning in from the exit area if you don't leave fast enough and having somebody like that um definitely helped you get through those portions and i uh i appreciate that i thought it was a really cool mechanic all righty and as we discussed earlier um it's river city rules um items that you or sorry enemies that you do defeat they drop money you can spend them at the various shops that you come across for food gear fighting moves from the dojo i in case we weren't too specific on that earlier that's definitely how you a main way that you progress besides uh your actual uh xp uh optional side quests did you guys consider doing any was it like a th something you hunt down for or any opportunity i had to do the side quests i was all over them just you know, uh, kind of adding, it wasn't like padding out the experience, but just extending the playtime for me, I was a welcome thing and just gives me more reason to hit some of those side areas too. And it well, almost rewards you at the same time too. It does open up some more of the map as well. Sometimes it'll uh, give you another way that you can go from one end to another sort of like, um, like a back door. Like I know from uh, my experience uh, was the first one that I really liked going back to was inside the high school in the kitchen. I can't remember the exact parameters of it because it was years ago that I did that one. I'd already done the side quest, so I couldn't replay it with my uh, save game they already had. But uh, it was started off where you have to like move a dumpster out of the way for the cook or whatnot. And it would basically give you another door to get through. And I was like, oh, this is a cool side quest. It actually opens up something more. And again, it's a, it doesn't expand the story, but it gives you a little bit more to do versus just the, the straight linear run. All right, and I guess we will talk about the absolute best part of the game. And I fold down, hands down, this is what makes the game for me is the freaking soundtrack. Anyone that wants to lay into yeah. this, go. <laughs> yeah, no, the soundtrack is incredible. Uh, the composers that they got, uh, this turned me on to uh, Megan McDuffie. Um, for, as far as her disc choreography, I think the River City Girls uh, songs that she did are, are, are my favorite. Um, I mean, WayForward generally has really good composers. I mean, uh, most most famous is uh, Jake Kaufman. You know he didn't work on this. Uh, I actually forget who the main composer was for this that did just the songs. But then you had yeah the the vocal tracks, which were the Megan McDuffie songs. You know really cool uh, 
just really great retro music had kind of get that like semi synth uh synth wave uh stuff but the, the this megan mcduffie was the highlight for me her, her songs are just there's awesome and and ah, i absolutely love it yeah no uh this soundtrack is like most other way forward soundtracks absolutely amazing um I don't know who they have behind the scenes, who they recruit for all their, you know, OSTs, but pretty much everything, like, I'm trying to think. First game I played for them, it wasn't Shantae, unfortunately. Um, I wish it was, because going back and playing that now is amazing. But I believe it was Mighty Switch Force was one of the first games I played from them, and they had such an amazing soundtrack for that. And it's just pretty much continued from there. Um, I believe... You said Megan McDuffie. I think she was actually the composer of the soundtrack as well, not just the vocalist. Um, so it's amazing. It's got like this really, really cool electro pop sort of feel to it, which I wasn't expecting from this considering the lineage of River City. Um, but it definitely fits more so with the protagonist of this story versus something like if it was another, you know, one with Kunio and Ricky, yeah, something a little bit more hard edge, a little more street gain rock uh would probably have fit a little better so i'm glad that it had a uh, a change in direction on this one i myself i i love i mean half of what makes a great game is the audio and you know this the soundtrack was a banger the whole way through for me a lot of titles you can think of like you know okay well this one stage had kind of a boring atmosphere and the the the, the track didn't help at all to improve it I was a big fan of the soundtrack of this thing. I mean, when I ordered it and uh, it showed up to my house and it came with uh, an actual, you know, CD of the soundtrack, I'm like, not having not really been uh, familiar with it, I was like, eh, that's kind of a cool gimme, but I didn't ask for it. And now it's like, oh, now I'm really glad that I have an audio CD. I mean, I could just go easily well and download it, of course, but I'm like, oh, that's kind of a cool thing to have on my shelf as well for a game that I really do love. Um, but like, I mean, the absolute best track for me was, uh, we'll get into that fight in a little bit, but, uh, the battle with noise, I thought that that was the best audio that the game had to offer. Um, yeah, was, I was just going to mention that too. I love that battle and the audio made it 10 times better. Yes. Yeah, awesome. Awesome integration that they made the music part of what was going on. Yeah, no, I uh, I 100% agree. It reminds me a lot of uh, now the Hi-Fi Rush, which I uh, was playing earlier this year. It has such a f similar vibe to that, but like obviously that's the entire game is like that. And seeing that in here um, after having played Hi-Fi Rush earlier this year, I was like, oh man, I forgot this was in here. This is so great. Because um, I, I, I'm always going down for a good uh, rhythm game. All righty. Um... In the pause menu, this is our main way to navigate uh, ourselves through uh, the map, our move list, our gear loadouts, etc. Um, I personally thought that it was great. I mean, the way that they integrated it, it wasn't just a pause menu. It was uh, a little cutesy cell phone, like a smartphone. And it totally suited, you know, the high school girl vibe with the, the little bear case or whatnot that was on. I believe it was a little teddy bear. Uh, but it was very useful. It wasn't cluttered with a whole lot of crap. Sometimes you get these menus that are 
utterly useless because they give you no information at all. And then you get others that are have so much info that it's a bother to even pull it out to even navigate what you want to do. This was uh, honestly kind of a perfect mix of not too much, but offering just enough. For attention to detail, that really, I think, helped elevate the game. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. You know, it had what you needed, the map, the move lists. Yeah, you're, you can switch your gear uh, and whatnot. But yeah, just further enhancing the presentation is is fantastic. It was super helpful, too. Um, you could do the fast travel with the bus and uh, you could sort of figure out exactly where you wanted to go because of that map. You didn't have to do a lot of job jostling around well where am i supposed to go oh this is where i want to be and th that was great too because you didn't have to run through you know several different parts of the game to get backtracked to one specific area so i thought that was a nice uh, quality of life touch as well all righty um and uh another thing that i love don't get me wrong soundtrack is tops but the weapons there are so many freaking weapons uh i'm gonna say it right now the absolute top weapon for me because I didn't even know his weapon. I was too close to it in the uh, environment and I ended up picking it up and I'm like, Oh my God, that's a weapon. I wonder how boss this is going to be. And it stomped. And that was the lightsaber in the arcade. Cool. I get, yeah. uh, I, it was fun to use, but for me it was semi frustrating because you just hit him and they go flying. So it make kind of hard to like, take out the enemies at times uh my go-to's every chance i could were the chain the yo-yo and the uh the like star wand and especially once i got the uh i forget what item it was that i could equip that would make it so they were unbreakable then i you know carry them for many screens until i was like okay i'm just gonna go back to to beating things up because I feel like I'm limiting myself too much, but so many things, I mean, park benches and bikes and boxes. It's wild. The attention to detail with some of them was fantastic. Like the bicycle, when you swing that and nail someone with it, you would hear the little bell on the handlebars ding with it. So there's a little bit of things like that in the wrench. Like, I mean, you expect with the wrench, you're going to hear a big thud when you swamp someone with it. But the bicycle guy, I, I kind of giggled, like, wham, and then you get the little bell. <laughs> but there are so many things that you could pick up. Um, like that, Things that you didn't even imagine were even interactable with in the environment. And like, holy crap, I can grab that. Even like a fish from the fish market, you can use that. Um, I thought it was a pretty cool way to integrate as much as they could and also surprise the player as to, you know, hey, what can I use as a weapon? And uh, it did not disappoint. There was more weapons than I could probably count. I would, I nearly went on a hunt online to go through the list of all of them. And once I saw it, I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not spending that level of time on this for us to discuss that. That could have been a separate podcast on its own. Definitely, no. It's uh, it's very similar to how Scott Pilgrim worked, where legitimately anything that looks like you can pick up, you can. Whether it be a park bench trash can baseball bat 
a baseball, a beach ball, doesn't matter. You can, everything's a weapon. Just use it. Uh, so I I didn't really have any favorites per chance because like everything was sort of situational. Like the lightsaber is fun, but then if you knock somebody too far, it just becomes kind of a hassle to take them out. Um, I just prefer just to grab whatever I could. And then if I saw something else cool that I wanted to grab, I just threw it at the enemy and just grabbed something else. I uh, was much more utilitarian in that regard. And also, as you'd mentioned, Church, there are way those items, they do break after whatever finite amount of hits that they are sort of programmed for in the game. But you can get, uh, I believe it was books, actually. And uh, those books would help you keep an item longer before it would uh, disintegrate on you. But, uh, but that's a great way to hold, if you found a certain genre of items that you liked, whether it be, you know, the tools or the sporting gear, the toys, that kind of thing. Uh, you could make them a little bit more robust before you got yourself um, more leveled up as well. And that could help you progress a little bit through more without getting, you know, completely obliterated by the, the foes. Alrighty, and then I guess we'll get into the actual rundown of the game. We start in River City High School. And I personally, this was a great entrance. Uh, you're in detention. You make your way through high school. It is an absolute dump. It's honestly in kind of disrepair. No big surprise. You know, teenagers are filthy at times. Uh, but it was great. Um, there's even uh, a little bit of a, like a funny euphemism where they're talking. It's sort of like uh, sex ed based in one of the classrooms that you're going through on uh, like the projector screen. And I got a giggle out of that. Um, go all the way through the high school. You meet up with two girls that are, ooh, let's go with the non-swear version. Not very nice. I did not like them. And that would be Hasabe and Miami. Um, the, the, you, you interact with them a handful of times throughout the game, but uh, yeah, they, they are easily hateable. <laughs> let's just put it that way. And then uh, we go to the first boss, which is Mizuzu. And if anyone wants to elaborate on anything that I had just mentioned, you are free, free to. Absolutely. Yeah, no, Masuzu was a, a fun first fight. They had a lot of really uh, creative dialogue there with her being in high school for seven years. Uh, so that makes her obviously the smartest person there. Of course it um, does. <laughs> and then her picking on the girls for being uh, not thick. <laughs> that was uh, that was fun. I thought it was a, it was a choice. So. Uh, then that fight was a lot of fun, of course. Um, it kind of teaches you, or taught my daughter how to deal with pattern mechanics. Because I'm like, oh, you have to wait for this. You have to wait for this. And then you can hit. You can't hit too much because then you're just going to get hurt and get knocked out. And I don't have time to save you. Um, so it was, a, it was a fun little fight. And I, I thought that them starting in the high school was a perfect place to be. Good introduction to like what to expect. It's a little bit more linear compared to some of the other areas. And like just again the attention to detail like they could have just made everything just plain and hallways and classrooms but there's like trash and signs and just like junk all over the place like they really went to town with just uh, the aesthetics there's there's so much to look at you know uh one thing that I think is entertaining is there's always other characters in the background, other students or 
people out in the world and if you like walk by them and you're you're you throw punches and stuff they'll like duck and cower and the things that they could have excluded to like cut down on development time it, but they decide not to it's just so many things elevate this game and uh i think the high school is a perfect starting point you know playing schoolgirls hey makes sense for like i guess what i would uh what i was sort of what you're saying with the backgrounds um it's not like that looney tunes pattern where they're running in a hallway and you got that same doorway you know 17 times every every hallway every area felt different even if it was just you know a trash can knocked over and you know all the litter everywhere it was a you knew you're in a different level or sorry a different staircase had been surpassed had been uh traveled up or down and it didn't feel like it was just oh the same screen over, the same screen over, the same screen over. There was a variety, as much as it sounds kind of crazy for a high school, they're, they're normally pretty bland, but you knew you had hit a different floor every time that you traveled through the staircase. All righty, uh, let's go with Crosstown. Does anyone want to lead us into what Crosstown contained? Crosstown well, was mostly uh, just like neighborhood and... Um, let us up to the mall. You know, a little less in disarray compared to the school. Um, kind of, I, I feel like this is where I spent most of my time in the game. Uh, just because I felt like, for some reason, I like you know you got you got the you got the dojo there and um, tons of shops. So as I was returning to the mall to to get upgrades as I got more money and. You know, not, I would say it's not interesting, but a little less uh, interesting compared to like how much design was in the school and some of the other areas with just the things that are everywhere. It was, I would say it was more bland than probably anywhere else in the game, to be honest with you. Like, but um, it was heavily traveled, like you said, for the mall itself. Um, you could get a lot of your gear through that. And then it's not like you had to hunt, oh, which shop had this, which shop had that. The mall had virtually every shop. So you could uh, you could get your loadout almost certainly there, uh, unless it was a specialized item sold at a specific shop somewhere else in the game. Uh, most of what you needed could be found there as much as it was kind of, you know, just your generic little mall that you'd get in most other games. I would say it was probably the, the least interesting part of the entire adventure, but it was a necessary uh, addition to have because, you know, well, high school kids are mall rats. It, it happens. <laughs> and I thought, there, you know, you, you kind of had to have a mall for, for the theme. But, yeah, no, it was definitely kind of passable if you didn't really want to be there. Uh, yep. and, oh, sorry. And we should say that we uh, had our second boss fight, and that was outside of the mall in a construction zone, which was Yamada. And Yamada was, uh, I got stomped quite a few times on this one when I was low level. I actually found it quite difficult. Yeah, this was the uh, the last boss fight that I found to be difficult because after that you have plenty of options to upgrade yourself and get those level ups. Um, there aren't as many in Cross, like Crosstown has them, but you're not in the mall until you meet Yamada because it's at the construction site there. You don't have access to everything. 
Um, so for me, it was more so I didn't have the money to get every upgrade I wanted at that point in the game. Um, and Yamada definitely was hurting bad. It took a few tries to get through it. Um, but it was the last time that that was really an issue for me uh, in this game. Everything else after that, I was able to round one pretty much most of the rest of the bosses, um, except for the the secret boss, which James will talk about later. Um, Besides that, I mean, Crosstown is a pretty notable location from the series. Like, it was probably 90% of what you played in in River City Ransom was Crosstown. Um, So for me, it was like more of a refresher. And this is where they had uh, some of you, like the YouTubers that they had in there. So like uh, Jack Septicai was one of the characters. And I know Aaron Hansen from Game Grumps was one of the characters as well. Um, So they had their little cameos here. Um, But aside that, there's it's it's pretty basic, but it was never meant to be anything more than that. So I'm fine with that. Alrighty, uh, and then we'll move into Uptown, and this is where it's a little bit more—I don't want to say ritzy, but there's a lot more variety. You have uh, like your arcade and the pawn shop. Pawn shop is an absolute must. You have to visit that before you can continue uh, to reach uh, your third boss. But uh, it was sort of like a dark nighttime alleyway, but uh, but a fun one. There is a lot to explore. Some sh- uh, some of the shops. And, um, yeah, I, I personally thought it was one of my more favorite areas uh, besides the high school, actually. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, also, having the quest point being the uh, the pawn shop there was a lot of fun as well. Um, just because I kind of didn't I didn't know that that was going to be where the boss was the first time I played it. And then you just kind of stumble into the fight for the most part. Um, if you aren't paying attention at least. Uh, and I was like, Oh, cool. New shop. Oh, 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 okay. I'm guess fighting now. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't expect it. And I had a lot of fun in uptown. Probably the, uh, aside ocean heights, it was probably my favorite area. And this one actually contained our third boss, which was Hibari. And I would argue not difficult but frustrating as uh she has like uh i for lack of a better explanation like a sword or like a dagger that gets tossed towards you and you have to make sure that that bounces off the wall and angles back and hits her it took me forever to try and get down the neck of that because you have to be almost precise to get those uh daggers to bounce off where you want them to go and then actually still hit the character was probably like five times longer for me than it should have been because yeah i just first yeah for some reason i just could not get get that that uh dagger to line up but fun otherwise it was fun but i found it's not one where you can just go in and you know just start hammering down and beating on because she floats in the mid top of the screen and literally out of reach you can't actually hit so you kind of have to play by that boss's rules. There's no way to skirt around it. Um, it. It gave a bit of variety to the game, something different that you hadn't seen. I, I would argue that it's not my favorite way to do a boss battle because I kind of like going in guns blazing, if you will. But uh, but it, it definitely gave at least a little bit more variety instead of just the same thing every time. And I think the game did a good job of 
giving you a little bit of something different for every battle. Um, and, and this was definitely probably the most out there that you're going to get for a beat-em-up in terms of strategy to try and defeat the boss. Um, some people take it, leave it. I personally, fun the first time, I didn't need to go through uh, Hibari again. But, you know, I appreciate the, the, the effort for something different. Yeah, no, I, I had a lot of fun with it. It uh, being able to, I think it's because she's like a seamstress. It's like a sewing needle that she throws at you instead of a That's what yeah, that's the, I would yeah. thank you. My um, my brain's fizzled this morning. For me, once I figured out, I just needed to be like on the opposite side of her, or like if she was in the middle, I just avoided it. I didn't really care if it rebounded into her. Um, I just dealt with it when she was on either side of the playing field, because um, then it would for sure fling back into her if you jumped over it at the right time. Um, it wasn't too hard to figure out her pattern and it was a lot of fun. It did take longer than I wanted because you couldn't just wail on the boss like you can with other, uh, bosses in this game. Um, so the fight took more time, but you know, good soundtracks. So I'm not going to complain about more time in this when it wasn't difficult. It was just tedious. Tedious. Uh, that's the, that's the perfect word. That's exactly how I would describe it. <laughs> uh, and then we move on into downtown. And uh, from here, it's actually uh, pretty easy to start getting back and forth through the, uh, the different screens that you were kind of one way initially. It opens up a lot of the map to connect to one another for wanting to backtrack if you didn't want to use the, uh, the fast travel. So that was kind of nice. And downtown is, uh, I would say that it's almost kind of like Crosstown, not, not super exciting, but it's it's a different area of the game. You get to see a little bit more. Um, any one of you guys want to touch base on it if you want, but to be honest with you, besides the fourth boss, there wasn't an awful lot that I feel was noteworthy in downtown. It honestly reminded me a lot of uh, double dragon, uh, this level. Um, just that would make sense design. with the fourth boss. Yes, very much so. It does make a lot of sense with the fourth boss, but like it, it seemed like they were leading up to that by creating this environment that seemed very familiar to beat em up fans. Um, and I, I felt like it was just paying tribute more so than anything. And I and I'm a sucker for nostalgia. So for me, it didn't really uh, it didn't hurt it at all. I, I was having a lot of fun in downtown. For sure. And uh you know, who, who wants to lead into the fourth boss? Because I, I had no idea it was coming. And when it happened, I lost my mind. I was like, yes. Yeah. So uh, the boss being Adobo, <laughs> which is just straight up double dragon. You know, yeah, you can't even do a full combo on him. He'll just headbutt you. Uh, it His fight reminded me a lot more of the Misuzu fight earlier in the game. But you've learned more about patterns. Um, and so you know not to go full on out onto a boss. You have to wait a little bit at the end there and kind of restrain yourself. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, so I, I had a lot of fun with him. Uh, the way he does like his uh, fist pound on the floor um, definitely comes in handy later with the original final boss with uh, Sabako. Um, so I was, it was, each one of these fights is like teaching you something for the final fights. And uh, I was... I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Also, uh, don't forget about the secret shop. The oh, tunnel. yes. There, there is the secret shop. That is where I uh, mentioned earlier your tank and bunny pins. 
Mm-hmm. That would be where uh, your secret shop in between uh, the two the two areas when you're heading into downtown. Yeah, and this secret shop is something that is persistent throughout the series. Um, and it's something that they did put in Scott Pilgrim as well. So when you're going in through the tunnel in the what first area to go to the first boss in that game, there's a star, you can go into it, and that's where the secret shop is in Scott Pilgrim as well. So it's a, a running gag, and I, I love it. That's on my yeah. backlog. Anyway, yeah, sorry, go ahead. It's fun that there's so many throwbacks to, you know, I I don't know the Kunio Kun series per se, but, you know, seeing a Bobo from Double Dragon was cool. Uh, he had one of my, like, one of my favorite interactions in the game, and I didn't write down the specific quote, but he was just, you know, running his mouth, and, and the girls asked, basically asked him, like, you know, why are you so mean? And he's like, Oh, I didn't get enough hugs as a kid. It's just, <laughs> it's silly. I, 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 don't know, I, I was really, really enjoyed that. Truly silly, but the, it, it was probably one of my favorite areas uh, to end off with, with the, the Boba fight was fantastic, but I will move into the actual, my personal favorite of the game, which was ocean Heights. And this is sort of like a seaside town, beach town, that kind of thing where you need to uh, talk to the locals to find out uh, specifics for, I guess it was like the security guard at the door uh, for your VIP tickets. And uh, that would be your interaction with, uh, or sorry, not interaction, but your fight with the boss of noise. And hands down, best fight of the game. Secret battle at the end is definitely almost near the top but it's definitely number two the my battle with noise i i thought it was so much fun and i had to do it again uh but yeah it's just a really fun seaside town uh, again there's um how did i mention where you can get fish there's a lot of fish in the area you can use them to battle your foes um yeah it's pretty cool and there's a lot of a lot more dialogue in this area as well because of the character interactions uh for getting the uh the information to get your vip tickets Yeah, no, uh, I I love the beach scene. Like I'd already mentioned, like using the beach balls earlier to fight with people, and I was having a blast. Um, this is my favorite area of the game for sure. Uh, it just has so much more character, and it's not something that we've really seen before. Like I know that there were a couple of levels in some of the River City like sports games that were located on the beach, but they didn't really have the same amount of depth or character that this does. Uh, so I was having a lot of fun and the noise fight, of course, you know, having its guitar hero influences and everything like that was a lot of fun as well. Um, it's extremely memorable. The soundtrack here is absolutely unforgettable as well. Like this is, if you're going to listen to one section of this game, I would say this is the one to go with. I agree. I don't have much to add that you guys didn't already say, but yeah, the noise noise boss fight was a lot of fun i like just the the different segments of the song and how things ramp up and uh the like the threats that she just puts into lyrics and whatnot yeah it's awesome all righty i guess what we'll do for this last section then since uh you yourself church am not overly familiar with the uh the secret final boss battle. Uh, you can take us into San Kai Tower, and then uh, myself and Stump can do the 
uh, final boss uh, that is the quote-unquote secret hidden boss in the same area. Uh, get to the end, going after Sabuko, and uh, I kind of, this might have been one of my least favorite areas. Not that it was bad or anything, but um, no, nothing too wild going on. That, that I can remember anyways. Um, I can't remember. There was like one section where they had like uh, the electric floor or whatnot. But um, it's basically just making your way to the top. I would say that it was more of a grind than anything. Um, my first time going through, not having been top level, not having gotten any of these special pins to really help myself out. I took a lot of L's getting up to the top my first time around. Uh, the, any enemy that you run into is very powerful. They can definitely stomp out a ton of your energy fast. Uh, and there's a lot to do in terms of being able to find all the, uh, the explosives. And you don't know that you need the explosives until you reach the top, and then you have to go hunt the damn things, go all the way back down, and then return back up. And you can take a lot of damage. If uh, if you're not overpowered by any means, yeah, no. Uh, when I went into the tower, I think I was like level twenty, uh, so it wasn't too much of an issue for me. Um, I I didn't feel that that overpoweredness because I I think I just came in at the appropriate level to be able to take it on with the right pattern recognition. Um, it reminds me of a lot of like pretty much most beat 'em ups from the 16-bit era and before have tower section where there was uh battle toads or even the old tmnt games even the ones on the game boy had tower sections so uh, it being inevitable in this game if it's playing so much homage to all this stuff like makes sense but yeah i uh i didn't hate it that much it would it just felt nostalgic like everything else yeah hate is the wrong word but for me but it was definitely a grind i found that until I got, uh, you know, redid the game again. Like you, you can keep your same save file so you don't lose any of your progress and sort of grind on top. Uh, until I did that, I found it very difficult to get to the top, at least for myself. Um, and I was a big fan of the game, and I was just like, oh my god, how do I get? How do I <laughs> reach the top without being, you know, at zero health? Uh, it took a while for myself, but you know, I did. Did enjoy it. And the uh, way that you get into the final boss is, as I prior mentioned, getting all the explosives that you're asked to get uh, from the gentleman at the door to uh, basically blow it open for you. And that uh, final boss is Sabuko. Yeah, and Sabuko is a lot of fun. Like uh, I love the mechanic of the sort of, what is it, the pictures that they have on the wall um or the sort of engravings that they have uh giving you a key to what their power set is at any given point in the fight whether it was like the rabbit the dragon or the uh the koi fish so that way you can see what kind of like power set and pattern you have to go for uh during that section of the fight so if you're not successful your first time you can be like okay this is coming up i know what to do next um i, I felt it was a very well-informed boss fight it wasn't terribly difficult um, until they got their secret, you know, fourth bar of health. And then you're just dealing with the dragon moveset with all the fire. And you're like, oh, well, I haven't seen these yet. 
uh, and you just kind of have to play it by ear at that point. But uh, again, like by the time I was at the fight with Sabuko, I was already level 22 from everything I'd done in the tower. Um, so even with me taking quite a bit of damage, I still finished that fight with about half my health. So it wasn't too bad. I think I actually went into that battle with a ton of the, uh, the med kits and that's how I survived going through the tower. I bought a ton of them, <laughs> but they were very helpful. All right. And, uh, I guess we'll go into the actual final bosses. And yes, I said bosses plural as in two. And that would be the very two unlikable young ladies that I mentioned earlier, Hasabe and Mami. They are fantastic fun. And the way that you actually interact with them is you complete the game with your uh, battle with Sabuko. And once you go through the whole credit scene and whatnot, you're offered uh, half of this charm. And you're like, okay, well, great. What do I do with this? Well, that's virtually worthless. It does nothing. Unless you get all 25 of the Sabu statues, which we had touched base earlier on, you destroy all of those and you get the other half of that charm. When you get up to the doorway in San Wakai Tower, have it blown up before walking through, put on both of those charms, go through the door, and that's how you get to fight Hasabe and Mami. As soon as that fight starts, you can take those charms off and put on your loadout that you would typically like. You're not crippled by any means in terms of your loadout. They don't have to stay on to continue the fight. But that is the only way that you're going to interact with these two characters. Yep. Uh, the, the cats thing, not at all required. The cats, uh, if I remember, only appear in New Game Plus. The so cats is for the, um, the, the, the infinite SP, but it's just yeah. the Sabu statues. Yeah, but the... Getting to the Sabian and Mami fight, there's so much great dialogue here um, because Sabian and Mami are characters from the series in the past. Um, and so, like, I love the, what was the line? Like, you only dated Kunio for one 16-bit game, I think is what they said. Uh, like, they're referencing the fact that there's, like, this extremely complicated and doesn't make any sense multiverse of Kunio series games that all just kind of get shoved in and combined here. Um, and it kind of makes sense with the comic book ending as well. Once you finish the fight where the boys are just like, Oh, and it's those crazy girls again. And they just are wondering where Hasebi and mommy are. Um, like that all makes sense because they were never dating them, at least in this portion of the universe or the multiverse for Kunio games. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. No, oh, for sure. I, I was honestly, like, I, they felt like the characters that were just there to sort of patter at the game. Like, you know, oh, you, you uh, run into them in certain, you know, different areas of the game. It's like, okay, they're just there to carry on the dialogue. I had no idea that they were going to be an actual interactable fight at any point. So when that happened, I was like, I was overjoyed. I thought that, you know, yo, I kind of hate these two because <laughs> they're so darn unlikable. And then be able to use them or, sorry, fight against them in a battle as a secret battle was just the icing on the cake for me. Oh, absolutely. And that battle was a lot of fun because they have a very similar move set to you. Uh, so like, it, it didn't seem like it was too terribly like out of left field that, you know, you're fighting school or school girls like yourself who also kind of function in the same way you do. So um, like I took down, um, I think it was mommy first. And then she had her like spirit coming out just like you would, if you were playing a two player game. Um, the spirit of your fallen comrade will come out and you have to go and try to like grab and like 
press a bunch button to save them. That happens with Nami as well. Um, but her spirit will actually get in the way and start fighting you <laughs> in the middle of that fight as well. Uh, I was having so much fun with that fight. Like it, it took me by surprise as well. Um, I knew that they were characters from the series, but I didn't know that they were going to be anything other than like a little cameo footnote that just kept getting in your way until they did. Um, and then I just absolutely, I, I love the ending. The That comic book ending just was the icing on the cake for me. Those two had it coming, I can tell you that. <laughs> I did not like, I, I liked them as characters in the game, but they were so unlikable, but that's the way that they were designed. They're not there for you to be a fan of. They're like, okay, you know what? I don't like you. <laughs> and they certainly gave off the perfect vibe of being those two that you shouldn't kind of fall in love with. They were definitely the protagonists that you, you were like, you know, I, I can see why you're uh, you're an adversary in this high school. Yeah, right. actually, now that you guys had talked about it, um, I think the first time I played through the game, I actually did do that because once you mentioned the spirit part, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. So, so I did see that, totally forgot about it uh, the second time, but um, yeah, it is what it is. For sure. Uh, so I guess we can start wrapping it up. It's been, actually, we, we did not too bad. I thought this would be a little bit shorter for a short game, but uh, if there's anything else that you think that you get, either you two think we missed, we can mention it now. If not, then we can get into the community impressions and then literally do the wrap up. Another yep, um, complaint that I kind of forgot about until I was looking at my notes and it, it is what it is. I think it'd make the game too easy. But uh, one thing that I kind of felt was kind of cheap was like uh, any of the enemies, like ran standard enemies, not the bosses, like you could wail on them and it seemed like they could combo break you and then just mess you up. But you hadn't, once they started their attack chain on you, there's no way of interrupting that. And I wish there was like a combo breaker or something. Or, or even like some criteria, maybe you had to have like a certain amount of stamina to combo break or something. But uh, every once in a while, I just felt the game was like, it's like, come on, you're you're being cheap. Actually, I guess the way that they could have implemented that would be, um, let's say if you wanted to combo break, there's got to be uh, a way that it punishes you for doing that. And that would be maybe depleting your SP meter, no matter how full or empty that it was. Or let's say the SP meter was had to be minimum half full. And it would be depleted. And if you didn't have half, then guess what? They're just going to wail on you. Some way to sort of make it a little bit fair both ways. But I, I can see that being a bit of a gripe as well, but a very fair one. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like uh, if you were able to use your SP move to just break out, like add, use that as the combo breaker, but it knocks them away rather than keeping them in that damage loop um, so they don't take the full brunt of your SP attack. Uh, that would be an equal balance because you're not going to be able to do that over and over and over again. So if you just are doing bad at the game and are getting constantly stuck in these juggles, then you're not going to have that ability to go ahead and get through that. That would be, I think that would have helped a lot in the earlier stages. Like I had mentioned that difficulty ramp up in the beginning of the game. It's a lot because you get stuck in those combat loops where you're stuck in these uh, combos from like, showing on the screen back here like the security guards like when you're first getting into crosstown and then when you're getting close to the mall um they can combo loop you 
in ways that are just not fun because they're either hitting you with a stick or they're throwing the gas at you and then you're just getting looped over and over and over again. Uh, having something to break out of that in the beginning would have made me and my daughter not lose so much money and have to keep grinding these enemies over and over again to be able to get into the dojo because it just felt like a continual loop of sadness for a little while there. Um, hopefully it's something that's fixed in the second game. I don't know. I haven't played it. Um, I doubt it is fixed because they're just going for a very classic vibe. So I'm assuming it's going to be just as frustrating, but not frustrating once you uh, get over that enemy uh, plateau. Um, one thing that I would change, like I would mentioned it a couple times, uh, is somehow scaling the power of the uh, of your enemies to your level set. So that way you can advance and can feel that. Uh, because once you get to Ocean Heights, most enemies are fodder and they're not very difficult. Um, but in the beginning, it's a any enemy can really wail on you if you don't do something correctly. Um, having that scale to you would have been a lot more fun because then I feel like every screen would have been a challenge um, and it never was um, after Crosstown. And uh, the uh, River City uh, Girls too. They actually, they, I think they must have took taken that uh, into consideration because the enemies do scale with your level. Uh, but the trade off then is like when you go back to some of like the beginning areas, you're like, oh, I should be able to, you know, take out these guys no problem. But they scale them, so like it's like const like it's a, it's that constant challenge, which it's not a bad thing. But sometimes, like, you want to be able to, you know, feel a little bit overpowered. But yeah, yeah but I, I, the pins, I assume, can do that. If you want to feel overpowered, yeah. the, pins, the pins exist. Absolutely. And yeah, I, de I definitely recommend River City Girls 2 uh, to anybody who enjoys the first one. Or even if you haven't played the first one, I, I, the story continues. Um, and they just kind of run... It's just more, more of everything. Bigger areas, you know, more side areas. Um, I, I really like the the this this one kind of has the origins of uh, Kyoko and Masako, and the second one just kind of runs with it. Like it really, River City Girls Two really turns up the idiot factor for them, and I absolutely love it. That's like my favorite part of River City Girls Two is that they're both just like so dumb and so violent, like. They want to just solve everything by punching, uh, but like they just don't. They're just like so clueless, and I think it's just absolutely hilarious. Perfect. All right, uh, I guess we'll do the community impressions. There's uh, a handful, so I get. What I'll do is I'll let Church do the first two, since you are the second one on the screen. Okay, yeah, so uh, Captain Algebra at Captain underscore Algebra says, good, not great. Just too bad compared. And then on the flip side, mine was uh, genre must play. I, I wish I could have put a genre must play, because, but it's only th three re reviews because I think, like, like I said, this is uh, set the new standard for me when it came to beat em ups like i i think it did everything right um my the one thing i always had issues especially going back to, and playing a lot of the the beat em ups that i hadn't played in the past is that they're 
there's so many that like we it's just punch and kick and that's it that's all there is to it and it gets you know if you play a bunch of them in a row like say with like the the um the capcom uh, beat em up collection you run through all those games and most of them are just punch that's all you do so yeah i i much like my my tweet i think this is a must play if you enjoy the genre and if you don't enjoy, enjoy the genre try this game maybe that will change your mind beautiful uh stumped would you like to do the next two on the screen and if you wish Absolutely. you can maybe give your give one yourself if you like yeah so uh our our good boy in the in the group curtis went ahead and said uh totally rock and soundtrack hard to disagree there uh we already talked about that this is one of the highlights of the game uh jj's voice said beats double dragon um yeah yeah no it's definitely a bit more complex than double dragon um i liked it a bit bit better than what double dragon neon and a couple of other games that they've had in the last couple of years um yeah no i 100 agree with that uh three word for mine because right. i definitely i haven't been on twitter very much lately um <laughs> so let's see if you need a moment to think i can do the last two and then you can jump on with yours after colorful couch co-op beautiful love it Alrighty, and then we have uh, J Clip Show. Simple, but uh, enlightening. Uh, it is cool. I, I'm not going to disagree with that. And my three words would be soundtrack on repeat. Alrighty. Absolutely. So uh, what I'll do is I'm going to close this out. Uh, you two can stay on just uh, in case there's anything else you wish to. Uh, well, I'm going to actually ask you to give your socials at the end anyways, but uh, you'll give me a moment for a little bit of housekeeping at the end here. To those of you interested in supporting the club beyond a review on the podcast app of your choice, I'd like to mention that the club is entirely funded by pledges made from members of our community. We are extremely grateful to those supporters. And if you're interested in becoming one of them, please look into how you can do that at patreon.com slash cartridge club. And I would like to give an extra special thanks to the two of you for giving up uh, an hour and 15 minutes of your day today with me this morning to discuss this game. Um, hopefully it was because of your love for the game. And uh, yeah, I really much appreciate uh, a little bit of insight. And, you know, I love or hate and good or bad people that have criticism. I love to hear both sides. And that way... Uh, you know, it, it gives me a better mindset for what I might be able to criticize and or like in the future. Uh, so the panel today was comprised of myself, known as RetroPixel. You can find myself on Twitter sometimes, YouTube all the time, but very rarely do I upload lately due to uh, a very horrendous work schedule. But I do try and put something up there at least once every couple of months, hopefully in the future a little bit more frequent. Uh, then we also have Church. You can give uh, any of your details that you wish to share with uh, the public. Sure, yeah. Um, so I am on YouTube as the Game Grinder. Uh, similar situation to James. I'm not uploading too much these days. Hey, if you enjoy an un unboxing video for a collector's edition, I got you covered because that's about all I could muster for effort these days, it seems like. Um, but... Uh, you know, I have a, a bunch of like evergreen content and whatnot, but otherwise you can find me on all the social media, uh, Twitter, 
Facebook, Instagram, the game grinder. Beautiful. And uh, we will move on down to our other lovely individual that spent time with us today. And that is Stumptown Retro. Where can we find you if we want to in the future? If you want to find me, I'll be on either Discord or Twitter at Stumptown Retro. Um, I'm not too much on Twitter these days, um, but if you message me, I'll eventually see it. <laughs> Beautiful. You know, that they, everyone's busy. Um, so I no, but great. Uh, so from there, we absolutely look forward to hearing from any of you that are listening next month. CC next. Check and she cracked my skull.